Okay, so we are live here with episode number 31, and something different and exciting about this one is this guest is actually the father of a former guest, um, who I think episode number 13 was Gabby, your daughter. Um, so I would, I'm excited to introduce Emilio. You can say hello. Hi, how are y'all? This is, uh, I, I'm good, um, and hopefully everyone listening is as well, but um, I'm really stoked about this because... One, as we were sitting here sound checking, couldn't help but notice you have an amazing voice. It's like the perfect level of bass and like you're Puerto Rican and so you've got the accent yeah. and yeah, so I'm, I'm enjoying that already. <laughs> great, great. Going uh, back to my old uh, radio DJ. Uh, yeah, times. okay. So yeah. tell me more about this. So you used to host a radio program in Boston. Right, right. So how did that come about? So um, we... we my, my friend of mine and myself, we ended up uh, buying some time from a, an AM radio station, mm-hmm. and we would leave our law office and head down to the radio station and then started promoting this um, rock and español, uh, just, you know, rock and roll in mm-hmm. Spanish, which was, it had been working out in Latin America for a long time, and yet it was starting to creep into the U.S., and uh, we got hooked on the music, and we just started uh, having this radio show and just having a blast. So it was a lot of fun. You know? So it's just the two of you. Again. Yeah, just yeah. the two of us, and just kind of like switching songs. He'd pick, he was more a little bit, he was from Spain, so mm-hmm. he had more of the European rock type of, yep. uh, like uh, Genesis and mm-hmm. and uh, some other, other bands, Focus. And then I was more the... Latin mm-hmm. type, so I had a little bit more like a Latin rock and roll type of right. type of vibe. So it was cool. We we mixed it on. You know? What uh, what time did you end up buying? Like what was your what was your time slot? Time slot, if I recall, was something like seven to nine. So we had uh, yeah from seven to nine o'clock. So we That's luckily, a good time yeah, slot. It, was, it, <laughs> it was a great time slot. It was not like one of these graveyard where right, you're just yeah. like you know listening to crickets. Yeah. So um, it was good. It was a good time. Yeah. That's funny. I have a number of friends that um, did like the KVRX time slots at UT, where you get like the university radio yeah, station yeah, and. Yeah. You know, they're like leasing from KUT, the bigger station. So they would get shifts at like 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> well, this is a complete waste of time. This is, <laughs> you're basically just talking to yourself. Hard to build a following <laughs> it's when a everybody difficult. is sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, The story I always tell about that that cracks me up is uh, at that station, they had like really strict rules about you couldn't play anything that had been on like a major radio station. And... Um, my friend Ramon, who's been a guest, he um, played uh, Queen front to back like his entire time slot on one of his episodes because he had like not planned out what to play. Okay. And he got yeah. fired like immediately after the show. <laughs> but they had the most call-ins ever. Really? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I love that story. I've told it so many. Everyone that's listening has heard me told it. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's good stuff. Um, but well, it's it's great because you have the experience of being a radio voice so this will be good and you have really good music taste it seems like and care a lot about music and it's funny because when Gabby did her episode um, she her last song was a Puerto Rican artist Hector Laveau yes Um, it was a great song and then you know afterwards she was sharing all the stuff about Puerto Rican music and Latin music and um, and I was like man I want to learn more and so she sent me this whole long list of all these artists that uh, I'm sure you know you introduced her to many of right, and, right. Um, and and all that. So I can't wait to hear um, to hear your thoughts on, on this. But uh, you've got a pretty cool, like diverse uh, range of songs that you picked. So I'm excited to hear what uh, what brought you to each of these and to go through that. Well, I um, you know I, as I was preparing or just kind of running through uh, for today. Um, my mom and dad both had a big influence, mm. um, and my dad uh, was this very uh, intellectually stimulating, and he would always love to share whatever information he had. Mm-hmm. And um, he had this like wide 
gamut of music. So, and I guess being from Puerto Rico, we were exposed to music from the U.S. and from Latin America and then Europe. So, yeah. he would uh, be listening to big band Tommy Dorsey music mm -hmm. one minute, and the next minute he'd be listening to some ranchera from Mexico, and yeah. then some you know, uh, Latin, you know, some salsa mambo or uh, uh, music from Puerto Rico. And uh, we just kind of grew up with that around yeah. the house. Um, so, it, and he carried that through everything with movies, with books. It was, uh, it was just really, and it always just kept us on our toes. Yeah. So my mom, on the other hand, was more like, she was into the Simon and Garfunkel and mm -hmm. that of that that sign, but she was also the one who basically said, "All right, you guys are going to learn how to play an instrument." Um, so, I, you know, we all went through our routines of learning to play piano, playing to play music, and um, I, out of a, out of all of us, well, my my middle brother Mijo um, ended up being the musician in the family, mm -hmm. and um, I'm always fascinated by the fact that he at he's made his life and living playing music wow doing yeah. what he does you know within the island of puerto rico and i mean anybody who has family who is in this gig knows that it's just that's a tough haul it's a grind yeah it's a grind and it, it's, no, grind. it's not very forgiving <laughs> no and and it's just like you're constantly just looking over your back to see who's going to screw you mm -hmm. and it's a it's a tough you know it's a but but then again uh, his going through those tough moments is what brings us, the listeners, that smile when we... Right. You know, it comes we, through through the music, the yeah. passion that you have. Because you do have to care. I mean, you put a lot of energy into putting that out there. So You do. And I think it, as I was going through the songs, because... I think one of the interesting things of what you're doing is you're limiting it to three songs. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, oh my God, three songs. I could do, you know. And of course, everybody can give you 50, right. but just picking three makes it yeah. just like really hard. So um, I was just thinking about how we are, uh, there's so much music out there. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this happens to you, but you just like, I don't have enough Oh, no, absolutely. And yeah. I sometimes <laughs> feel that I'm missing out on a lot of good stuff that's right. out there and feel bad for those musicians who you know are putting the time or putting the effort or putting, right. you know, and yet it's, there's no curating right. to say, hey, these top five guys are mm -hmm. coming out here or, or there is curating, but even that has grown, right. grown you know, pretty big. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, like... I've played in a couple of bands and nothing ever serious, but, you know, we've, you know, gone in and recorded. And I mean, if you've ever actually recorded music in like a studio with like an engineer, like, I mean, the amount of work that goes into yeah. it and the details and the minutia of like getting it done to then produce this like three minute song that like, you know, my parents and like 25 other people <laughs> and then imagine that scale and like people who are doing it for real. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to process but I do think that is one of the things where this concept is interesting in the sense of talking about having enough time to like listen to all that music and stuff um, even if you like discipline yourself to take the time to listen to all of it because there is so much and it is so overwhelming it is hard to like uh, connect with new music particularly as you get older and you still right. want to listen back to the old stuff so this is kind of the you know thinking that I'm always fascinated too by guests that will come on and pick more recent songs mm as one of their three because, you know, there's less time to have processed that and to have attached the meaning to it. Right, that right. Maybe ones that are from younger days, you know, have been built up and this almost legend in your head of what it means to you. Um, and I think that, you know, good music can do that. Um, but certainly you have to try a little harder as more and more time becomes harder to find. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. I mean, I, you know, I'm, like I guess, like many uh, out there, are I'm a Spotify junkie, mm -hmm. and it's, I mean, it's just this the perfect antidote for an ADD. Yeah. Just like you know, oh wait a minute, now I'm thinking of this anything song. that comes into that, you know, right. and then and you just and you're skimming sometimes through. So a lot of times I'll just basically put just 
old music or this is yeah. right now I just want to see what's going on with new right. music and right. uh, just just try to see just try to keep up see what ends know. up grabbing you yeah yeah it's good stuff well should we kick it off with that first sure song? let's All do right. it so this uh, this first one is um, by Old Blue Eyes Frank Sinatra yes. called uh, Summer Wind yes. here we go Summer wind came blowing in from across the sea. It lingered there to touch your hair and walk with me. All summer long, we sang a song and then we strolled. That golden sand Two sweethearts And the summer wind Like painted kites Those days and nights They went flying by The world was new Beneath a blue umbrella sky Then softer than a piper man One day it called to you I lost you I lost you to the summer wind Sinatra. Originally a German song. Really? I think, yeah, it was written by Heinz Meyer and Hans Bradke. And then like a year later, 1967, John Mercer rewrote, right. rewrote it in English. Who Mercer is Sinatra's like favorite right. uh, yeah. writer, yeah. right? And then I think other people had re-recorded it prior to Sinatra in English as well from the Mercer version. And then when he got a hold of it, then, you know, yes. it was legend. <laughs> it's, um... <laughs> Uh, and again, this goes to to I, I actually when I started remembering the song yesterday, as I um, I got a bit teary eyed uh, oh. because of my dad, and um, and it was he would just you know put this song on or any of the Frankie songs, but um, and then he would just tell you one of the things he would especially you know later on my brother was how if you listen to Sinatra singing, you don't hear him breathing in it's almost like his voice like holidays was the voice almost of a horn hmm. uh, of a of wind instrument mm-hmm. so you don't hear that breathing in and breathing out of, right. of of some singers it's just it's just this constant perfect flow as he's singing and you don't you don't notice when he's taking that breath you know back in it, it, and 
he just had such an amazing control of of yeah, the discipline of the singing, that takes, and yeah. it was just and I mean you know we're, you know this guy was singing was I mean uh, smoking drinking I mean just <laughs> doing the, it yeah, all yeah, yeah doing it all and yet he'd just get up there and and I was actually I was lucky enough to see him live and at the Meadowlands. Um, and I was just blown away. I was just, and wow. he was already in his seventies, uh-huh. so he was he and was he's still there, happy. and he just just like he's st- and not only that, just the way he controlled the crowd and the band and everything. Um, but it was you know it was one of these you know it's Meadowlands, fr- Boston, is this uh, uh, Jersey, Jersey. Okay, yeah, yeah. So drove from Boston to Jersey to, uh, cool. to see Frankie, and 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 it who'd was, you go with? It was an old friend. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but it was it, Frank Sinatra always at home was just this I- iconic. Yeah. And um, my dad was just uh, such a huge and fan. And and again, like I said earlier, he just talked, brought us through like okay the Tommy Dorsey years, then mm-hmm. later on, and and how he was just able to work through, and not just as a musician, but also as a as a uh, as an actor. Yeah, well, he had a huge career in acting. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of my favorite movies is uh, From Here to Eternity, and again, he's never just like the, yeah. uh, this, you know, um, smart-mouthed, uh, you know, guy with Montgomery Cliff, Burt Lancaster, you know, just like this <laughs> Ernest Borgnine, and, and um, he he played a secondary role, and apparently that, from my, my dad was telling me, um, he was kind of in a slump, and hmm. that secondary role that he played um, brought him back. It was kind into, of the launch pad. Yeah, the launch pad to get get it all back in. But but it was his music. It was his songs, which um, we it, and it was this bridge, you know, um, where okay, yes, I was listening to Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. you know, or listening to the Santana back in you know mm-hmm. back in the seventies when. I was a teenager and stuff, and but I would just take time and just sit down with my dad and listen to Frank, yeah. you know, um, and I just yeah, he's he's always been and always will be just like top. Um, the uh, the other day, uh, I heard a podcast and it was, it was Frank Sinatra's birthday, and they were saying how this one scene in New York. And this one building, they actually end up closing the street. They're blaring Frank Sinatra songs. <laughs> People are dancing. And this one guy is impersonating Frank Sinatra, singing out in the middle of whatever street it yeah. is in New York, right? New York police comes by, and they figure, oh, they're going to shut us down. And the guy says, um, they makes a special request for a song uh-huh. to the singer. He says, no, no, we'll be here. We'll control the crowd. That's it's awesome. Like, only, only Frank could get away only with that in New York. Off, yeah. you know? <laughs> only he could pull it off. So that, that just tells you the, you know, yeah. the grip that he has on, on, on his fans. Yeah. You mentioned um, you know, this being associated to your dad and uh, him playing the music. One of the things I'm always interested in is like when people have connections to music through their parents is like when they think of that for me like I think of music that I connect with my parents to like writing in the card together because we listen to see we didn't really listen to music like in the house right right um, but then I think about when I would go visit my grandparents and they had the record player in the corner and we'd put on Beatles during Christmas right. like while we're all opening presents so like that's very tangible I'm curious like for you when you think about Frank Sinatra do you have like very specific memories of was oh. it like a, during dinner or after work or what? Well, we wanted we would um, it was mainly when we would be um, on the boat um, and uh, we're all big sailors. Oh, and, cool! You know, so yeah. um, we go out on the boat, and in those days, it was the eight track. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> pop in the A-track uh-huh. and, you know, as the sun was setting and Frank Sinatra was just a perfect, you know, cocktail uh-huh. and just yeah. kind of kicking back, watching the sunset and just listening to, you know, to Frank. It was yeah. just, uh, it was just awesome. Yeah. You know, it was just, yeah. Those, so those were really special, uh, special moments. Um, 
But it was, yeah, so it was just this whole eight-track scene with, you know, with listening to... Probably better on a boat. I'm not sure that you could really play a record on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we always had to get used to, like, to hop in the skip yeah. between channels, That's you true. know. That's true. Too cool. And that was in Puerto Rico? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, and that was, I think, was, was also, um, it made it even more interesting that... This is this is a man who didn't leave Puerto Rico until he went to do his I think it was his intern residency um, mm. in Chicago, and yet he had this knowledge of of everything of the music and, and yeah. the movies and, and so it it was always I always was fascinated about that. It whole, sounds like he passed game. that passed that down to you. Well, I, just a little that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So he was a doctor, and then you yeah. went on to be a lawyer. I went on to yeah. be a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah. Which is, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, that's cool. I really, it, it, Frank Sinatra is not someone that I really listen to, but um, it is something when you hear it. You, you like yeah. you said, you just know this is one of the greatest voices of it is. Of yeah, all time. definitely. Should we go to the next one? Sure. All right. So this next one is going to be by the great. Another legend uh, and, you know, defining musician, Bob Marley. The song is Africa Unite. is such a cool album cover it's got like all of the african flags and i was reading earlier that there's 48 there were 48 flags on it um and of those 14 are now obsolete like the countries have changed which is crazy and yeah it's like 1968 or something like that or yeah, at 70 79 yeah 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 yeah, yeah, um, yeah yeah it's not that much time and no, 14 countries don't yeah. exist crazy um, 
that yeah that's a lot that's um this is the left turn from frank yeah um but uh, in in picking the songs one of the things that i was keeping in mind is how they have been musicians um that have expanded my my music within a certain t- time period in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank, for example, turned me on to Ella Fitzgerald, Billie Holiday, the whole jazz scene that was, you, you know, a, as much of a crooner as he was, his arrangements, his bands mm-hmm. were just, you know, that, that whole gamut. Um, it was a shortcut into this whole... Into that whole scene, area. Yeah. Then Marley uh, was... The whole reggae scene, but you know the reggae scene was influencing so many people. Mm-hmm. I could, yes, uh, you could uh, pick other iconic art, but somehow Marley, for me specifically, uh, it wasn't just um, it was the music. It was also a, somebody from the Caribbean mm-hmm. who was suddenly putting a stamp uh, worldwide yeah. with his music, and that that. This um, album, this uh, artist, is also a segue into the next song that mm. I that I picked, mm-hmm. and um, this actually this album uh, I had, and at this I mean talking about albums that really just stick with you. I I made a trip from Newport to Bermuda on 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 a sailboat on a sailboat that that wow. we had gotten, so I I had a little Walkman. And somehow I spaced out. I always made cassettes, but then I just only brought one cassette. And the cassette had on one side Africa, you know, had survival. Yeah. Uh, and on the other side, it had Pat Metheny. So it was just like this weird. Weird. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but somehow it worked, you know. But, uh, you know, survival was just like I was just listening to it constantly. And. The amazing thing is, I just never got tired of it. I mean, to this day, I never get tired of uh, of the album. And um, Marley was just uh, such—you almost wish there was a Marley now hmm. to just kind of awaken as to what's happening hmm. um, within the African American community, within the Latino community, mm-hmm. um, with what we're going with our current politics. Mm-hmm. Somebody just kind of like shake everybody up and wake them up mm-hmm. and. Um, talk about somebody who just died too young. Yeah, um, really did. but I it, it it and we would we lived uh, uh, back home. We were very close to the a lot of the British Virgin Islands, and when we would spend time there, well, <clears throat> Marley was actually starting to creep in into hmm. their music. What was interesting was that the. Uh, uh, the locals from the from the islands, uh, there was this whole uh, tension between the Rastas yeah. and the local and, and the old guard huh. to the point where it was actually outlawed to be a Rasta in the Virgin Islands, really? the British Virgin Islands, for a specific time. Um, so, what time period? Was it this was back in the, um, let me see, I was around 17, 18, um, so this had to be around 78, something yeah. like that, um, and it was, it was very hard, you know, enough, you know, there was, in the whole smoking weed was just a big, the yeah, big issue for them. So it was just they did not want the Rastas to be at that there. Um, obviously, a lot of that has has relaxed. Um, yeah, you know, with the, yeah. with the passage of time. But it was interesting how how yeah, interesting. How, how they were antagonized by by this whole um, by this whole movement um, right. of, of the music. They were more into the whole calypso type of. Uh, type of music scene out there, right. which was uh, very joyous, very bouncy and stuff, and which is part of what Marley used as his. You know, he used some of the R and B from from the R, but there was, I mean, all the all the islands had the calypso based. You know, that fast, uh, yeah, that fast uh, uh, style, and um, it, it it was interesting how we would just be coming in, and then we would. Playing the music and uh, 
the old guard would kind of lift an eyebrow. The new guard <laughs> would like, be yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> so it was always, uh, it was always interesting. But um, yeah, Marley and and, and um, he was uh, he was big. Uh, and to this day, I always just kind of go back yeah. and kind of recharge. And have you ever? Um, it's like four or five years ago. They they put out that pretty long um, bio documentary. Um, on Marley's life. Yeah, 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 it's really good. Yeah, I saw, I saw, I saw parts of that. Um, mm-hmm. Then I read, and then I had one of the one that I actually really enjoyed was Talking. I think it was yeah, Talking Blues. Uh, it was in, back in the day um, when CDs were still sold, and yeah. you know they had like the, the they would come out with the four, um, and it was a whole compilation of most of of, of his songs and it had the booklet and just him singing along and 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 um then later on they had this one if i'm not mistaken i think it's talking blues which was fantastic because it just had little snippets of interviews and then him goes on to singing and um and my brother who's just a uh, a complete marley junkie um we would sometimes uh, use like little quotes from you know it says good morning my son good morning mr nesta you know <laughs> and it was just just kind of playing off each other yeah. um but that's how much we you know marley was part of what, yeah of what we were and all that that's really cool so you mentioned that you sailed from <clears throat> newport to bermuda how long does that take uh, back in this was back in 80 1980, 81, I think, and it took us about seven days back then, Um, I mean, and this was, the guy who was the captain um, was just using a sextant and the stars and the moon and all that stuff, so he was amazing, this guy (laughs) was just, yeah, the guy was unbelievable. and nowadays, these the new hot rod sailboats are doing it in like a day and a half. Okay, yeah. You know, um, <laughs> so um, these new trimarans. But um, no, back then it was just like, yeah, take a week and load the boat up and, so you know, cool. and just make it there. That's so cool. So it was cool. Were you, I, as a kid, you know, I think one of your greatest fears when you're five years old, at least in this where I grew up, was like, getting caught in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> it just seems so real and such yeah. like a big threat. Was, that, was it, there anything spooky about going through? Uh, well, it's funny because I was always, I read all the books. Yeah. I read all the books. And um, and then I was just like, uh, well, let me see. We're sailing outside. Of the, we're sailing around the corners, okay, yeah. so we should be okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not crossing through the triangle, right. so I right. don't think anything will happen. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was just, I mean, back then all the whole, uh, the creepy stuff and, and boats disappearing and suddenly, yeah. you know, um, so yeah, there was a little bit of that. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you don't have all the like, gear and stuff. No, it's, it's like, it was so simple. Yeah. I mean, that's a great thing. it was just really, really that's just great. simple and basic. You do know? you still do, uh, big sailing trips or? Uh, I haven't done a big sailing trip in a while, yeah. um, but I do a ton of sailing. Have you taken Gabby in a sail? Yeah, well, we had boats when she was growing up in Puerto Rico, and it yeah. was big part of the uh, big part of the lifestyle. And right. um, and just like my dad would do, you know, I would bring all the music, and music was constantly playing on the boat, constantly. Yeah. Um, and we would listen to everything. So yes, they were into sometimes the Spice Girls, and then I would kind of bring it down, and, you know. And then this is all right. Let's try this one. Maybe you'll like this one. <laughs> like no more Spice Girls. Yeah, exactly. And then years later, she's like, I should have listened to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, she still confesses. She, I think she likes Posh or one of those. You oh know? yeah, Posh or Sporty or one of those. Yeah, that's too funny. Does she, I'm curious, because um, we talked about it when she came on, but I know she's a big EDM electronic, yeah. uh, and I'm not doing that justice, but you know, does she, uh, I would imagine she would have had to have introduced you to that at some point. Well, there's, there's, she introduced me to that, but having there been a, you know, uh, I was already listening to 
um, a lot of this stuff. Um, Fat Boy, uh, the, the one, uh, what's his name, Norman uh, Cook, um, yeah. and um, a lot of the electronic music uh, that was already coming out okay. back in, you know, in the um, 80s and um, Chemical Brothers yeah, yeah. and um, a couple of the other ones. So I was already really into that type of um, type of music. It... Um, I used to go do a lot of mountain biking, so it's a yeah. great, it's great type of music. It's just yeah. kind of like thrashed through, you know, right. with, with the headphones on. And um, so and you'll just, be going to Coachella with her next year. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Burning Man. Burning Man. Oh man, that is a, that's a line I just can't cross. <laughs> well, should we move on to the, to the sure? Final All right. So I probably won't pronounce this correctly, uh, but the song is called. Cosas Buenas, and the artist is Mio Torres y El Tercer Planeta. You got it. Here we go. Oh, 
Yeah, you're right. It's a good segue from the right. Marley to that. You hear the, the reggae influence. Um, tell me that. So uh, this, it was not just, just like the other songs, it was also a segue into a certain area, a certain time of my life. Yeah. Um, I was, I was then um, really just tired of practicing and the, uh, just being in the legal profession. And music had always been this whole thing. So my brother was getting, uh, started to, get on his own, started to build his, and I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll help you. And at that time, I started getting more and more into, I was managing an act here and there and mm-hmm. getting in, getting involved in the, in the scene. And um, he then starts uh, working, uh, taking this more seriously, moves back home, and this is his first album. I knew, I knew this. Yeah. I saw Torres and I was like, yeah. oh, this is your brother, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> so this is the kid, this is my kid brother. And um, Marley, you know, was, you can see the influence. So, um, yeah. but, in, and it was, you know, when I was just thinking of all the songs that I just said, wait a minute, this is, I'm following a trend. It, and it was just how, how Marley just kind of opened up these all. And then um, Mija was coming into this time when, as I was saying when I was doing the radio show, I was getting into the whole uh, Latin rock and Espanol scene. Mm-hmm. So he his music was going to be marketed through that. That was that was in the and the movement was starting to gain some real cool ground in yeah. Puerto Rico. We had some fantastic bands coming out of there. Um, What's there? I remember Gabby told me there's like a name for them. They would come and they'd move to New York, and there was like a. But New, this New was Rican? different, yes. Okay. But this, this was different. different. Okay. Yeah, this is and that's actually that's a good it, it's a good distinction you make there because um, the rock and español movement was actually homegrown in itself. Okay. In the sense that it was these weren't transplants per se coming in and making hybrids of you know and making their music. Like, you know, as such as with the salsa came out with uh-huh. with with the, the New York sound, um, where you had the uh, Willie Colon at the Lavoy, um, Willie Bobo. They were taking the Boogaloo sound and mm-hmm. and some they were mixing R and B, some jazz, and just throwing it in a kettle, man, and just coming out with this you know crazy ass music. Right. Um, this was basically now you've got the younger generations who's been exposed to a lot, who's been exposed to uh, the Santanas, the Claptons, the mm-hmm. Led Zepp. By the same token, they're exposed to the Latin music uh, that I just mentioned. And now they're exposed to Marley mm-hmm. and they're exposed to World. Third World yeah. and, mm-hmm. and all these other Burning Spear, all these other reggae bands that were just you know starting to come out. And they did the same thing. Throw it in a kettle, mix it all up, and just come out with this crazy ass music. Um, but then also there was some music coming. There was the now, the world is getting smaller. So you have bands out of Mexico doing so. They're doing kind of the same thing, but then throwing in rancheras. Mm. You have bands out of Colombia, and then now they're throwing cumbia into their mix. Um, the the bands out of um, Argentina. Um, are then now throwing some tango. Um, hmm. So you, you in Milonga, so you have this this movement that's just growing. Um, the ska played a big influence yeah. during that time. Ska was very big, um, and it was a period of my life. Where I says, "Wow, this is I. I want to be part of this movement. I want to be part of uh, this this whole." Div- growth that's good that's going on within the music scene and this was yeah this was the mid 90s and it uh basically i moved back to puerto rico in 98 and this really was pretty strong up until 2006 um and um i mean there's still the rock and espanol movement is alive and well it's very very strong um and this his music, his, you know, he was part of that, and I was part of that. Yeah. By by both being his brother and by both being involved within the scene independently on my own. Right. Um, so this is from his first album, and um, 
we launched it independently and then I helped him out with some, you know, it was family and friends just right. helping out like you were saying, you yeah. know, um, and just going to the indie record stores, taking a couple of boxes of CDs, showing up later on, have you sold anything? Sold anything right? And then, then the, you know, these guys were just like, oh yeah, no, we didn't, we go into bins. It's like, yo, it's there's only like two <laughs> albums here, man. Where's Where, yeah, where's the money? And you know, um, yeah, we came, came across some crazy ass characters along that <laughs> scene. Sure. Um, so that was, you know, it, it was just part of that. And and then the other thing was that this was the song itself. The reason I picked this specific song, um, I, I think it's probably if I do a consensus among all my siblings and all my nephews, nieces, my you know my daughters, and um, it's probably the most. Um, iconic song mm. and um, cosas buenas um, are, are good things so the you know the song is you know all the, these are all the good things that life will give you mm -hmm. so it's a very positive song and he was going through some very tough times when he wrote the song um, so he you know stepped kind of he was stepped back and just wrote this as as an anthem of hope at least I believe um, and it was, it, it's always been whenever we go and uh, whenever there's like an event and he'll play, you know, some, which he does not like playing, you know, <laughs> for the family or anything. But um, yeah, he would, this is one it's of like those the songs. It's like the equivalent of uh, if, you, if you're related to someone that is a, uh, a hairdresser or something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Everyone lines up for free haircuts during Thanksgiving and like, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So and, yeah, and um, this 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 specific one um, has always very been you know very dear to our you know to our hearts. And again, it was it, it's a time when um, a lot was going on, uh, and and um, I then just said, all right, not going back to the law, even though I'm back now um, for other reasons. But we uh, just part of that scene, part of the music, yeah. what was going on, the bands, just like the energy. It was just, it's so fantastic to be, when you're be able to be part of, of a new musical movement. Yeah. I get, you know, I know that's what Gabs was when she, um, uh, part of the whole EDM scene. She mm -hmm. was just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to Ladyland, you know, it's well, like, like building. You know, it's, uh, geez, it's, I'm a little old to be able to just kind of <laughs> take a drive down and meet you there. But yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> and my wife might have an issue with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I presume then that your brother's still, uh, yeah, yeah, he's and still, he's still, and, and you know, you were just talking about the, um, uh, the 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 hard work that goes into mm -hmm. producing an album, mm -hmm. and um, he had uh, he's uh, he produced all his albums. Uh, he would have them somebody else master them, but it was just always fantastic of just watching and just the little nuances. Yeah. You know, okay, cut here, add this, and I'm gonna go take another take, and and, and just the the level of effort, love, and just dedication that goes that the artists yeah. go into. Um, putting all this, like you said, those three minutes, right. you know, um, is has to be admired and respected. And, yeah, you know, um, it because it is a labor of love. Was it um, so to go be a part of this scene, but then also have the family tie into it? Was that difficult? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. Bet. It was, <laughs> and, and and it came to a point where I stepped back, yeah. and he he found other folks to yeah. uh, to help him. Um, because it, it's hard. I mean, sometimes, you, you know, you want to tell that, no, this isn't that good, or right. maybe you should do this, or, and um, it, it, I, I noticed it started creating a certain friction, mm -hmm. which was not healthy, and, and, and Miju and I, we're not just brothers, but we've always been, like, buddies. Right. I mean. Really close. You know, yeah, I guess close, close in age. Um, he's about six years younger than me. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, but yeah, he was, he was always like the smart ass young brother and he, yeah. wherever I'd go and he's he like, okay, hang. Yeah. he could hang. Yeah. He would hang and he'd be with us. And, um, and he always was just like partaking and enjoying. And, um, and so he was always part of, you know, my, my friend's clan. Right. And, um, so I didn't want to lose that. He didn't want to lose yeah. that. And, um, I think what was important was that he just keep, you know, doing good music. Yeah. And, um, 
and he to this day he still is yeah he's still doing some great stuff so um that's pretty awesome that you get to experience that with him and could also kind of then it was hard move past that it was hard in a, in yeah. a good healthy way yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, um, it's always it, fascinating. You know, uh, you have siblings, so you know. Yeah, how, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but it's um, it's it's been a great ride. It's Very been cool a great ride. Well, I'm really glad you picked something that was so um, personal too. And I, I always love when people bring in artists that other people might not have heard of, because then hopefully the listeners will go and right. listen yeah, and definitely. you know explore. So. Yeah. Well, uh, and it's on Spotify. So. Yes, it yeah, is on Spotify. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I anytime you go, to, we were talking about record stores right. before we started taping, and you know, I, I always pick up like little names of artists where I'm like, oh, this is someone now that I'm gonna go look every time and yeah, go look yeah. to the the T section and see. Would it be yeah. under T? Probably under M. M. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Mia is how you pronounce that. Mijo. Mijo. Yeah, the two L's in Spanish are like J sounds. Yeah, so, I thought yeah. it was like a yeah or yeah. something, but it's a J. Okay, Mijo. Mijo. I like that. Yeah, it's good. Um, well, I really appreciate you coming on. I thank really you for having me. This has been it. this has been fantastic. No, it really it, has. It was great. You're an excellent guest and good stories. And it's you know you talked about the challenge of the th- picking three. Yeah. And I love the idea of then you know when. You and Gabby are talking about, oh, what about this other one? And then the more stories that come out of that, I'm sure we could go for hours. Oh, yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I really appreciate it. And um, I guess uh, until next time. Definitely. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you for yeah, having okay. me. It's been great.